Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is going to be a dark, dark week. But everything's getting better. If that seems confusing, yeah, I hear you. Also, Bill Gates... What's Bill Gates doing? And there's a hilarious Tiger King TikTok video you're going to have to see. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. 
I have some of the worst news ever and the best news ever about the same thing. If that seems a little confusing, well, yeah, it's very confusing. And what I'm talking about is this upcoming week we're about to have with coronavirus. I don't know whether people just don't know. I don't know whether some people were putting a sunny view on things, whether some people were purposely putting a dark view on things. I'm getting mixed messages all over the place. You remember last week, I had big, big problems with the doctor standing up at the press conference and telling everybody, well, we're going to have one or two million Americans dead unless you do everything I say, and then we'll have 100 or 200,000. And that was all, wait, what? One, that's some serious doom and gloom. That better be... That better be pretty close to accurate. We're at 65,000 deaths worldwide. I mean, our numbers are still going up here in the country, but in some places they seem to be flattening. In some places we seem to be peaking. We have Governor Cuomo saying this. We have the Surgeon General saying that. The truth of the matter is this, and maybe this is just me. Maybe you're feeling it too. I'm getting a little bit of frustration Watching the model numbers never add up. They never add up. Just today, we have brand new revised model numbers. Well, this isn't going to, it won't kill quite that many. Well, we've revised it. Well, we've updated it. Look, I understand models need to be updated. I get that. You have new data. You need to put it in the model. Let's update the data. But if you trash the economy based on a model that has to be revised constantly downward, was that a good model? What about the modeler? I, I'm just asking questions. Because if you're going to tell me this, and this appears to be what I'm told, well, we're going to have a problem. What I'm told is, all right, two million Americans are going to die. Unless you do what I say, then 200,000 Americans are going to die. And then we do some of the things, and I'm constantly told, we were told this last week by the doctors, well, you're not doing it good enough. You guys aren't locking down. I'm telling you, even if you do everything I say, 100,000, 200,000 Americans are going to die. And now we're on pace for, I think, the new model's 81,000. It continues to plummet. And at the end of this, if it doesn't get anywhere close to the doomsday numbers you were saying, I'm going to say things like, okay, so you were wrong? So we wrecked the economy for what? And my problem is then... What I'm not going to get back is, well, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I'm not going to get that. I'm never going to get it. What I'm going to get is, well, yeah, the numbers went down because you listen to me. So the doomsday modelers will never admit fault, ever. That seems like quite a gig, right? My goodness. Sounds like marriage. I'll quit. We can joke on the show. Anyway, here's what I say. Here's what I said, here's what I mean when I say I'm confused. Here's the Surgeon General. It's tragically fitting that we're talking at the beginning of Holy Week because this is going to be the hardest and the saddest week of most Americans' lives, quite frankly. This is going to be our Pearl Harbor moment, our 9-11 moment, only it's not going to be localized. It's going to be happening all over the country. And I want America to understand that. Okay, well, that's serious. That's the Surgeon General of the United States of America. And I'll be honest, when he said that, I took him serious. I mean, I still take him serious. That sounds to me like it's about to get dark. We've seen the President of the United States flat out say, well, we're about to, it's about to be a very, very tough two weeks. I'm sure they're obviously using the same advisors. 
I hear him say that, and I think to myself, man, clearly they know something we don't. I mean, are we all about to die? What, what are we ha- what's happening here? And then Governor Cuomo, who's in charge of the state that's been hit by far the hardest, says this. The number of deaths over the past few days has been dropping for the first time. What is the significance of that? Uh, it's too early to tell. We're looking at this seriously now because by the data, we could be either very near the apex or the apex could be a plateau and we could be on that plateau right now. We won't know until you see the next few days. Does it go up? Does it go down? But uh, that's, that's what the statisticians will tell you today. So what's real? What are you supposed to take from that as an American? What am I supposed to take from that? We have the Surgeon General saying, well, we're about to have our 9-11, we're about to have our Pearl Harbor, and then we have Cuomo saying, "Ah, it's kind of plateaued, it's kind of flatlined. Things seem like they're doing okay. I, what? So what's real? If somebody doesn't have an answer, is that the end of the world? Is it? Is that bad leadership? If somebody's just trying to maybe scare you into doing something, is that good leadership? Is it bad leadership? I'm not sure if I have an answer for that. But I know this. These words that they've been using about millions are dead and hundreds of thousands are going to be dead and and we're about to have our, our Pearl Harbor, these words are not without consequence. You don't get to say that and then just everything will be fine. Well, we're just trying to be overly cautious. No, this is costing people their livelihoods as we speak. So if hundreds of thousands of people are not about to be dead, someone needs to know. And I'm sorry, if this ends like that, somebody has to be accountable for that, don't they? Is there no such thing as accountability ever? Ever? I don't know. At least the tigers are going to be okay. Well, maybe not. There's a four-year-old Malayan tiger named Nadia, and I believe this was the Brooklyn Zoo. Bronx Zoo. Brooklyn, Bronx. I mess things up sometimes. I went to community college. Tested positive for coronavirus, to which I immediately responded, "Um, I thought we didn't have enough tests. I've been told repeatedly we didn't have enough tests. So is somebody jamming a cotton swab up a tiger's nose? By the way, not sure I'd want to volunteer for that. Turns out, in a rare, rare case, though, I was wrong. They used a different test. From Dr. Paul Cowley, the Bronx Bronx Zoo chief veterinarian, the COVID-19 testing that was performed on our Malayan tiger Nadia was performed in a veterinary school laboratory and is not the same test as used for people. So... I guess that's pretty much our answer for that. Look, I know we're going through the pandemic. I know we're going through an economic, I mean, downturn would be putting it kindly. And I understand people are going to make mistakes throughout this process. I do. My main issue is, and I'm already seeing so much of this, it doesn't look like anybody when this thing is done who was wrong about anything is going to be man enough to stand up and say, I was wrong. How are we ever going to improve in the future? And I'll tell you something else, and I really mean this. 
I'm worried we've opened Pandora's box here. I'm worried we have opened up a completely new era on America, on the world of how we handle things. And this is what I mean by that. We've seen awful things. I've been outlining them for you endlessly. We've seen things like the mayor of Los Angeles telling citizens to inform on each other, threatening businesses with shutting off their water and power. We've now seen police arresting people and throwing them in jail for standing too close together. We've seen them send the police boats for a man paddleboarding by himself in the ocean. We have a drone, which we'll show you later on, flying overhead informing people to stand further apart. We have decided that locking down in a society whenever we have a pandemic is now an option. And not only that, we've decided it's apparently the option. Everyone just kind of looked around and went along with it, right? Here's the issue I have. It's not about now. Yes, I care about now. I care about your money. I care about my money. I care about people's lives. My concern is when the next pandemic comes, and you do understand there's always going to be another one, right? There is nothing new under the sun. There have been pandemics before. There will be pandemics after. I promise you that. When the next one comes, is the default answer going to be, shut it all down? Is that really what we want to be? The default answer is to take a baseball bat to the kneecaps of your own economy? I don't know if we want that to be our default answer. I don't know if we can do that something we're going to have to keep our eye on. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We're not done yet. There's something weird going on. And maybe it's not weird. Maybe just Bill Gates is weird. Maybe billionaires are weird. Maybe world leaders are weird. But Bill Gates is out there telling everybody who will listen that we cannot under any circumstances, go back to normal until there's a vaccine. At the same time, he's, well, he's doing this. Because, you know, our foundation has such deep expertise in infectious diseases, we've thought about the epidemic, we did fund some things uh, to be more prepared like a, a vaccine effort. Uh, our early money can accelerate things. So, for example, there's uh, of all the vaccine constructs, the seven most promising of those, even though we'll end up picking at most two of them, we're going to fund factories for all seven. And just so that we don't waste time in serially saying, okay, which vaccine oh, wow. works, and then building the factory. Because to get to the best case uh, that people like myself and Dr. Fauci are saying is about 18 months, we need to do safety and efficacy and build manufacturing, uh, and they're different for the different constructs. And so we'll abandon, you know, it'll be a few billion dollars we'll waste on manufacturing for the constructs that don't get picked because something else is better. But a few billion in this, the, the situation we're in, where there's trillions of dollars, that's a thousand times more, uh, trillions of dollars being uh, lost economically, it is worth it. Okay, look, that seems really cool. It's a little, it's a little strange, but it seems really cool. If that's really just a donation and he's just donating that, that's awesome. It's this next part that I really find strange, really, really strange. 
we're kind of in uncharted territory about how we minimize the pain. Uh, even the issue of once you get the case numbers down, there's a lot of dialogue uh, between our foundation experts and the government now, but what does opening up look like? You know, which activities have, like schools, have such benefit and can be done in a way that the risk of transmission is very low? Yeah. And which activities, like mass gatherings, uh, may be, in a certain sense, more optional? And so until you're widely vaccinated, those may not uh, come back uh, at all. At all? No mass gatherings for months, year, two years, 10 years? How do people actually think that's a solution? How do people think that's even humanly possible? I feel like we have gotten so computerized and there are so many reasons that's wonderful and just like you know most things there are so many reasons that's terrible that's terrible but i feel like we've gotten so computerized and the billionaires and all the geniuses have decided you know that well i'm just gonna pull up a computer model and i feel like we've lost touch with the fact that human beings need other human beings human beings need socialization now, granted, I'm a sociopath without any soul or morals or feelings, so I don't. You could lock me away in solitary confinement. It would be the greatest life of my life. But all, almost everyone else I know, they need people. And this is the main problem I have with this entire shutdown thing. And talk like, well, it's not going to be a couple weeks. And I'm, it's going to be a May, June, maybe July. We're going to have to... If I walked into my doctor's office, everybody knows how much I love to eat. Unhealthy foods, yes, but I love to eat. I'm big on it. And I walk into my doctor's office and there's something wrong with me, which we all know that's not true. But let's say there was something wrong with me. And I sit down with my doctor and he says, Jesse, I've got the solution. You need to eat one leaf of lettuce a day and nothing else for the rest of your life. Is that a good doctor? Even if his solution is a solution, is that a good doctor? Because that's my frustration. We have people like Bill Gates and these doctors at the press conferences and these governors and these mayors saying, well, this can have to lock yourself in your house forever. That's not possible. That's why you see these videos, which we're about to show you here, about uh, people out and about, people in the public parks, and people online are, of course, screaming at them, how can you do this? You're going to kill everybody. People need social interaction. I think Adam was alone for like five minutes until he was like, Lord, send someone else. Then God sent him a woman, but what are you going to do? I don't get it. All right, we're not done yet. Hang on. Joining me now is my friend and author Dave Reboy to talk about, well, the confusion and everything else going on there out there and Bill Gates and everything. Dave, before we get to Bill Gates and this whole strange saga, what do you make of the mixed messaging we're getting? And this is what I mean by that. We have the Surgeon General and the President, you know, everybody and their brothers standing up and telling us. We're about to face the worst two weeks ever. It's going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be a disaster. We're going to be chucking people in the ditches like it's the Black Death again. And now we have Cuomo standing up there saying, oh, we have plenty of ventilators. 
Oh, actually, we have plenty of hospital space. Oh, things look like they flatlined. I can't take these mixed messages, man. Dave, are we all going to die, or what's the deal? Well, we're all going to die. That one thing we can be sure of. Uh, yeah. Whether we're going to die from this is a, is a different story. Look, uh, people like you and I were predicting this stuff. We were predicting, at least maybe not predicting, we were, we were tracking along with what was happening and saying, hold on, guys. You're basing everything that you're doing that is that is kind of monumental and consequential to the history of the country and the future of our country based on based on models. And you know, take a minute to sit back and and uh, and and and, uh, and and reflect with you know maybe with with some intellectual humility about um, about what you're able to to predict. Now, of course, it's a good thing that that this um, this virus isn't taking as many lives as we thought it would, or that, or that, uh, that scientists and doctors thought it would. But really, this is so important. And I know, you know, you and I have been right on top of this. This is so, the, the shutdown of the country is such a monumental thing that you really need to be updating this and tracking it closely every single day. And, you know, maybe even hour by hour to make sure that you can make adjustments and you can make and you can uh, you can make tweaks as far as the policy goes. I'm scared right now that we are in a place where the difference between between federal policy and state policy and local policy is just so divergent and there are all these agendas, there are all kinds of, you know, frankly there there are several different uh, levels of um, of uh, of of awareness and information. I mean, I can tell you here in South Florida, you've got a bunch of little towns here, and these people have no special information. You know, these town councils and mayors and 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 all this, they have no special insight. I'm sure that's that's. Uh, I'm sure it's like this in in other places of the country. They're they they just follow the herd. You know, uh, Miami Beach decide Miami Beach mayor decides to to do a a total lockdown where you need to wear gloves to walk into any store and you need to wear the mask at all times, yada, yada. And within two days, every other municipality around here um, um, is, uh, is, is, is issuing the same order. So, and, and we saw this with gyms, we saw this with, with different parts of the lockdown. So, I mean, I think we're in a place where even if, let's say, the president would come out and say, okay, we need, um, we need a new policy, here's a new policy. Um, could he even enact it? Because there's just so much local nonsense going on. I'm glad you brought that up because I actually finished my last segment with, here's what I'm most worried about, Dave. It's not just right now, and I'm still very worried about right now. I'm worried even if the president comes out in two weeks or at the end of the month, like he said, and says, okay, we need to start opening up the nation again. I'm worried that there are going to be so many local governments and state governments who won't that it won't make any difference. If a governor still has the whole state locked down, disagrees with the president, maybe hates the president and doesn't do it. Essentially, my overall worry is this, that we've already opened up Pandora's box on this thing and we've made it acceptable as a nation for them to lock a country down whenever a pandemic comes. Because we know another one's coming at some point. There's always another one coming. And that this is even an option on the table and that, like you said, they're not tracking it minute by minute, tells me they're not paying enough respect to how damaging the shutdown is. For sure. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think we'll look back on this and we'll come to a few conclusions. 
uh, conclusion number one will be that we will all laugh at the original um, uh, the original model out of the UK, and uh, and we'll be able to point to about 15 million holes in the um, in the original uh, report that uh, that frightened everyone. The one that said that two million Americans would die. Um, I think that's going to be a document like. Um, Silent Spring and like the Communist Manifesto in terms of, um, in terms of uh, you know creating the most um, the most uh, havoc and and death per word in uh, in, in a document in, in, in history um, because it, it because really it led to the hysteria I think what you what you said was exactly right and also I would add that we've got. In many ways, you know, this was a hysteria that was manufactured by the media. Um, it didn't come from nothing. It wasn't, you know, completely manufactured. Completely, let's say, it was stoked by the media, and um, they could have handled this in a more responsible way. But instead, at, at every at every opportunity, they they threw threw logs on the fire, um, and. I mean, I don't know if you covered this already, but it was just announced. It's kind of breathtaking that all the, the media networks are getting together, and they're doing a a you know special kumbaya broadcast that is supposed to uh, I guess that is supposed to counterbalance some of the uh, some of the stuff that um, that uh, that you know that they they hate about uh, Trump and his press conferences. It'll be ABC, CBS, NBC, the whole gang. And, and, and CNN as well. And of course, who's the underwriter of this project but the World Health Organization, which itself has counts um, China as, the, as, as its underwriter. So it's like literally you have the, the combined forces of US mainstream media together being funded by China, shoving baloney, garbage, crap down the throats of, um, down the throats of, uh, of Americans. It's just, I, I think what what this has allowed us to see about this country and about the media and specifically and the expert class and it's just it's so ugly um we kind of knew it you know those of us who thought that there was no bottom you know to which these people would sink you know it's not we're not surprised but we're kind of um uh we're almost taken aback at um at, at you know so sort of how comprehensively we were right all along about these people yeah, I mean, look, you know me, I'm as arrogant as anybody who's ever walked the planet, and I love being right so much, but I, honestly, right. I don't even take any pleasure in this one because it was the most predictable thing in the world. It's, it's, it's stunning our disconnect in this country, Dave, and I'm, I, I mean, you don't reside in the D.C. area, so you see right. this too. It's stunning how disconnected these D.C., New York, and I love New York. You know, I hate D.C., but I love New York City. It's one of my favorite places in the world. But what bubble thinking goes on in that corridor and how different, how starkly different it is than the thinking in the rest of the country. I'm seeing it already, Dave, from these people who were saying, we're going to have millions dead, and now we're very clearly not going to have millions dead. We don't know how it's going to end up. Let's hope it ends up well. And they're celebrating today as if, well, yeah, that's because of what I did, and my jaw is on the floor. People have lost everything because of bad models, yeah. and they're saying, Haha, you're welcome. Right. And, oh, it wasn't so hard. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that big of a sacrifice. Yes. We, just got to, we just got to telecommute. We were on some, some Zoom calls. We're all good. You know, we got to, uh, you know, I mean, the only, um, 
the only way these people suffer really is that they couldn't get to go to the bar and get loaded, you know, every night with, uh, you know, with with their friends. I mean, that's that's the extent of their suffering. Other people have, have lost their their livelihoods and their life's work um, already, or 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 are looking at, you know, are looking at their bank accounts very quickly dwindling with with really no end in sight and no idea what what what's you know what's going to happen next month. Um, some people were able to pay in April, but how long is it going to go on? Will the same people, that, the same number of people who paid rent in April, be able to pay in May? A lot of the folks that we see on, uh, you know, in the in the online, you know, Twitterati universe, these these people live on Twitter every day. You know, they're they're um, they're totally disconnected. There's absolutely a job. I mean, there's such a disconnect between between what the average person does in this country and 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 the attitudes of um, the attitudes of that Acela corridor. I mean, what's going on in New York? If it was happening in Oklahoma, it would be a blip. It would be a real blip, and nobody in New York would give a damn. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Dave Reboy, as always, thank you, my friend. It was awesome. Thank you. All right. Don't think we're done yet. Hang on. Well, something we should keep in mind, they're already projecting an over $3 trillion debt for the year 2020, which is not necessarily surprising. When you destroy the economy, you destroy the revenues the government takes in, and we're going to lag behind until we can get up and going again. Plus, we passed a $2 trillion stimulus bill that up to this point in time, by the, all the reports we're getting in, hasn't really done anything. And in the end, it's going to do something, right? But there is always a cost-benefit analysis you have to do. You can't chuck $2 trillion at something and have it have just a little benefit and be like, well, good thing we passed that. No, you'd have been better off not passing anything because we got to pay all that money back. We're going to end up crashing the dollar over all this. So when I hear all these rumblings, and remember, I told you before anybody said anything, I said, you just wait and see. They're going to start talking about doing another stimulus bill as long as this economy is shut down. They're just going to keep handing out that free government cheddar. Sure enough, here's the big man. And then Speaker Pelosi today, uh, or I think last night, said in the next bill that they would like to see additional stimulus checks made. Have you guys thrown around an amount of how much money? No, but I like the concept of it. I think it's good. We're talking about a different way of doing it, but I like the concept. I'd like the concept of infrastructure. Our country has to be rebuilt. They spent all this money in the Middle East, $8 trillion. We're up to now $8 trillion in the Middle East. We've got to rebuild our country, okay? We have to rebuild our roads and our schools, our bridges. We have to rebuild our country. I'm concerned. I'm going to be very frank with you. I'm concerned. Yes, he's right about the $8 trillion, the horrible waste. There's no question about it. He's right about all that. You thought there was some pork and garbage in the $2 trillion coronavirus relief package that, remember, was an emergency? We have to get this done, and we have to get this through right now and make sure this happens. And they still managed to put some crap in there? How much stuff do you think they're already packing into the $2 trillion infrastructure plan they're going to pass? 
it's going to be ugly. And speaking of ugly, I keep pointing these things out, but you need to keep seeing them. Are you comfortable with this happening in the United States of America? The anti-COVID-19 Volunteer Drone Task Force. Please maintain a social distance of at least six feet. Again, please maintain social distancing. Please help stop the spread of this virus. Reduce the death toll and save lives. For your own safety and your family's safety, Is that not creepy? That's creepy. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I feel like this entire thing has become a huge excuse for every lifelong tyrant to do all the things they wanted to do and for every person who's always just wanted to be a helpless little slave to do all the things they've wanted to do. The rest of us, well, we're trying to hang on to things here. We got a lot more show for you. Hang on. Joining me now is former Marine. You don't say ex-Marine, ladies and gentlemen. Former Marine and a guy who was at Benghazi. Wrote a book about it, 13 Hours. I know many of you have seen the movie. And I want to talk to him about, well, that and several of the crazy things we have going on right now. Mark Geist. Mark, before we get to the insanity I'm seeing in this country right now, give everybody a brief recap. I know I want everybody to read the book because they really should know what happened what did happen on the inside of Benghazi? Well, I think Benghazi is more about what didn't happen with the uh, last administration under uh, the leadership of, you know, President Obama and Hillary Clinton. And, uh, you know, when people from the State Department and those that were at the CIA were under fire, uh, they just failed to send anything. Set failed to do what they should have done and uh, send help. Why? Why? Do I, look... Uh, everybody's asked this question a million times. We had the congressional hearings. Everybody remembers what difference does it make. I want to know from somebody who sadly was there, why, not, why didn't they do it? You know, I wish I knew that. I wish I had the definitive answer to that. My belief is uh, they got, you know, in the military, we call it mission creep. Um, for them, I just think, I don't think it was creep. I think it was... Two, things were too fluid happening too fast. They thought the thing was going to be over after we went over and rescued their team at the at the embassy, got them back to the uh, annex. And I think that it was just incompetence and the inability of, to make a decision while under stress. And uh, they didn't want to give the appearance that the United States um, was, or that the Libyan government couldn't take care of itself for whatever reason, and uh, I mean, I think it was a conglomeration of things, but ultimately it was incompetence. Yeah. Amen, to say the very least. All right, Mark, I have been very vocal about the fact that I'm uncomfortable with so many of the things I'm seeing my society do right now. Yes, we have a deadly pandemic. We are not nearly the first society to go through one. I understand things have to happen to take care of a pandemic. But when I see mayors ordering citizens to inform on other citizens, I saw somebody actually arrested for paddle boarding by himself in the ocean. We have pastors in handcuffs for holding church services. Brother, I got to tell you, man, I understand we have a deadly pandemic, but that sounds like China came here instead of a virus came here. 
Oh, I think I think you're 100 percent right. I think uh, you know it's it's what happens in a communist country, in a socialist country, where you have dictators and totalitarianism. Um, you know the things that we fought against our whole life uh, during our service. Um, you know it's uncalled for. I mean, you know a guy paddleboarding in the middle of the ocean is put in more danger of catching the virus or expanding the virus by two unprotected, untreated, or untested mil uh, law enforcement personnel, and then taking them into a more public environment. Um, I mean, the mentality that's going along, and it's all based on fear. I mean, it's all based on fear of people reaction reacting to that, I think. Mark, let's before we get back to that, there's a question I specifically want to ask you. What do we do about China? And here's the reason I asked the question. Everybody knows China screwed up something fierce here. China covered something up. Now we're going to have, I mean, what? By the time we're done, 100,000 people worldwide die. Who knows? We're going to, it's going to cost the worldwide economy trillions of dollars, as it's already cost us. What do we do? We can't have a hot war with China, or at least, we, my goodness, I don't think people realize the carnage that would come from that. Are, are we actually going to have the guts to punish them economically? We can't just cancel their, you know, stop paying our debt that they owe or that we owe them because then our credit rating gets hurt with the rest of the world. So what does that leave us? What do we do, man? I don't know. I mean, you know, I haven't, I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, sue them for $21 trillion. <laughs> well. Get a judgment, then that, off, then that offsets them having to, we having to pay back our debt. Just a thought. I don't know if that's feasible or if it's reasonable, but, um, you know, they're the ones who've caused this. And I think a lot of it was caused, it was their way of controlling the riots that were going on uh, in Hong Kong and starting to creep up in mainland China at the time. What better way to control your people than release a deadly pandemic on them? Mark, I'm worried that this is taking... Well, look, it's inevitable this is going to take your eye on the ball. You only have so much focus. You only have so much money. You only have so much anything. And I'm worried, like you just said, I mean, we're, we're, we're already not talking about things that were really, really important before this. What else are we ignoring on the world stage that really we should be watching closer? Oh, I think there's a lot out there. I mean, you know, um, when we see things as simple as a captain of our... Air, one of our aircraft carriers going outside of the chain of command. I mean, I know there's a thing about taking care of your troops, but when you think you got to take that outside of the chain of command at that level, I think there's something seriously uh, wrong with that leadership example there. Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad you said it because I felt like I was the only one in the world who had that exact same opinion. As soon as I saw he was dismissed, I, I tried to explain to people he was not dismissed for sticking up for his men. You want a commander to stick up for your men in whatever form that takes. He was dismissed for blasting out an email to the whole stinking world that everyone could read. That's why he was dismissed. Right. And I mean, and, and you got to have, you know, those rules that are in place in our military are there for a purpose. I mean, you're putting in, you're putting more people nationally and internationally in danger by do, showing that we have a, that there is a potential weakness in our national strategy and our um, security of an, and capabilities of that aircraft carrier than anything else. I mean, what I first thing that popped into my head is why isn't every sager, sailor, soldier, and airman and marine that is serving in confined quarters, i.e., submarines, battleships, any other 
aircraft carriers on hydroxychloroquine, uh, um, cor- correct me, what's the, on malaria medication. Sorry, I can't remember the name right now, but um, I can't. I can't say it anyway, Mark. So don't feel bad. I can't. <laughs> I, I've, I've tried three times today. I can't bother, so I'm not even bothering with it. We'll just call it malaria medication. That's what it is. Hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> That's what happens when you get blown up. Your brain doesn't always work right. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but it's a good point. I mean, why aren't they the first to get masks? Why aren't they all on this medication? And what do you make of? I mean, President Trump continues to bring it up. Clearly, other countries are using it to some level of success. I heard today there's a doctor in Washington prescribed it, I believe it was Washington, prescribed it and then was denied it because he was not allowed to prescribe it. What do you make of this opposition to it? It's, it's, I, look, I don't do conspiracy theories, but it's almost bizarre that we have something that somebody's having success with and there's all this pushback from one side. Well, I think it's, you know, and this is the challenge of the president. I mean, he has to listen to his scientists. He has to listen to his economic advisors, his national strategy advisors from the National Security Council, all of those things, and make a decision based on that. And I believe that he's been doing a great job doing that. Um, what some people want and what the left, I think, is trying to promote is that you should only listen to the scientists. Well, doctors have the capability of prescribing off-label medication all the time. They do it on a daily basis. Um, the World Health Organization, no matter what we think of them, from what I've been told or heard is their protocols are hydroxychloroquine and zithromycin, which is a ZPAC. And the purpose of the zithromycin is to combat the potential infections when you're on a respirator. So you have to have that antibiotic in there to prevent any further um any further complications from the respirator, but the hydroxychloroquine is what's gonna take care of the uh, virus. And they've also stated that it can be used and looks promising to be a prophylactic, which if you take it, it's just gonna prevent it from ever catching it. Mark Geist, former Marine and the man who was actually at Benghazi. Appreciate you giving us some time today, sir. Hey, thank you much, Jesse. You guys have a great day. Be good. Simplify. Simplify. We have more. Hang on. I have a confession to make, and this is going to shock you because apparently I'm the only one in the world who feels this way. I didn't really like Tiger King. I mean, everybody else loved Tiger King. And I mean, everybody else loved Tiger King. It was all anybody could talk about. And it's not as if I think it's poorly made. It's not as if I don't appreciate the Motley Crue cast of characters and insane people on there. I also didn't really realize that the private zoos are all run by crazy people. I had no clue. It's just that I got two episodes in and I think I got the gist. And everybody yelled at me. They're like, no, you don't. You got to keep watching. No, no. I get the gist. There are some people that are going to die. Everybody's on drugs. They're losing limbs. Either have already lost them or they're losing them on the show. People are killing their spouses. One guy has a harem. I don't even know how a zoo owner gets a harem. I couldn't even get a date until I was 20. I don't understand how any of this happens. But I get the general insanity of all of it. However... 
One thing I do appreciate is this day and age, people using their creativity, especially during this quarantine, to do really, really funny things. Because I did very much appreciate the Tiger King mullet. And without further ado, enjoy this TikTok Tiger King creation. Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Fed him to tigers, they snack him. What's happening? Carol Baskin. All right. We're going to do this again tomorrow. See, it's not all doom and gloom out there, people. We're rocking and rolling still. Spend your week with me right here on the 1st. We're going to enjoy ourselves. I'll see you tomorrow. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans because all veterans who served honorably, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T. Dot org.
The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. 